0: all right hey everybody welcome to another episode of the strategy game podcast i'm so excited to have emma and hannah here with me from bringing you broadway i think you guys are of this episode literally
1: we're just like waving no one can see us but we're we're waving waving
0: at you (laughs) so if you can envision them waving and (laughs) laughing that's what (laughs) it looks like i glad I could see you guys. I get all the thought. Yeah, thank so much, Lauren, for
1: having us. We're so excited to be here.
0: <laughs> really excited to hear your story. Uh, obviously, I've just spent some time looking at what you guys have built, and um, I'm excited to just hear about it. So let's kick off and just hear a little bit about both of you. Um, mm-hmm. And Emma, if you want to go first and just tell us uh, just the history of how you got here You know, I think oftentimes life kind of leads us through this journey of a winding road. So what is your background and how did you get to bringing you Broadway?
1: Yes. Well, actually, both Hannah and I are actresses in New York City, and uh, both of us were working before the pandemic hit last March. I was, I just signed my contract to be an original Broadway cast member of a new show called Muriel's Wedding and um, was really thrilled about that. That happened about two weeks before. Oh, wow. And then everything kind of, um, you know, the world stopped and we were informed that we were postponed. And then a couple of weeks later, it was like the date got moved further back. And then it was like, well, we're canceled for the time being because we have no idea how long this is gonna take or when we're gonna get back. So I spent a couple months um, in california quarantining um examining what what brings me joy and kind of for the first time in my life uh figuring out what my identity is without my career because i started acting professionally when i was um eight years old so i haven't really known a life uh, or joy or happiness or, or anything that hasn't kind of been uh cultivated by my career and by what i do So it was really eye opening. And of course, we all have survival jobs. And so what I've been doing in New York City was I've been a nanny for children with special needs, Mm. and kind of had found a way to love my side hustle, as well as loving my career. Um, And so bringing Broadway for me kind of came about in that I no longer had the thing that had been Fueling me and driving me for so long that I was still working in the pandemic as a nanny for these kids. And I started kind of mulling over this idea of creating some sort of programming that uh, used music therapy and what I do for a living that would cultivate some kind of educational, like fun excitement for other kids across the country. And then I met. Hannah, because she was my meditation coach. Wow. And she kind of changed my, my life in, in a sense. I hadn't really done much meditation. I was very stressed. I was very, um, I had a very negative uh, perspective after what happened Mm -hmm. and everything that was going on in, in our country at that time. And so she kind of was this beautiful light in my life. And I had been mulling over an idea of creating something, creating a theater company for women, creating, you know, this idea had been going around my brain for years. And I just thought, well, I can't do that. I I don't have time for that. I I have to focus on my auditions and my career. And, And so Hannah actually was the one who was encouraging us in our class to find something that we're passionate about in this time and to take that first step. So I'll let Hannah kind yeah. of like take over. From what, a perfect,
0: what a Sorry. perfect, what uh, a perfect transition! Yeah. It's amazing. And so
1: <laughs> Emma touched
2: on everything beautifully. And before, uh, prior to the pandemic, I was on the Frozen North American tour, oh, wow. um, the first national, and we were on the road for about five months before you know everything crazy. Uh, And so I left tour and came to New York and then went back to Michigan to be with family in quarantine there, Um, just like Emma did. She went home with her family. And then I came back to New York and I, I really like marinated on a billion ideas to start some sort of company because I wanted to lead something. I love leading and I grew up meditating. My mom's a healer. And so I created a meta- manifestation and meditation program and so that was serving me in the best way it was like fulfilling me physically mentally emotionally spiritually and then I was missing something else and I was missing theater and I was missing our community and I was missing the joy and the excitement and the passion that we feel in a room together collaborating and just sharing ideas and performing And I realized that you can take a small step to get there, even though we're in the midst of a pandemic and everyone's crazy and heightened and it's very scary out in the world, but there's a safe way to do it. So I had this idea, and this is kind of where it um, comes back to Emma, what her last thought was. Um, I had this idea to bring together a group of 10 artists, like my friends, and be in a room together at OpenJar or Ripley Greer or wherever we want and just be in a room together collaborating, Mm -hmm. putting on music and choreographing pieces, reading scripts together, sharing our audition songs together just kind of creating anything so that I could feel artistically fulfilled again and also be in a room with my community because there's nothing like theater people. We are insane in the best way and we are filled with love, drive, passion, like motivation. We're just really, really special people. I can say that because I love theater people. And I had that idea and I posted it on my story, on my Instagram story, I said, Who is interested in joining me in this? I don't know where this will lead to, but like my mom and I had talked about it months before and and she kind of was like, you should go back to this because months, months prior to this post on Instagram, she was like, what if you like put on a show for kids in the tri-state area? Because that's what I did growing up in Michigan. We would put on shows for kids, for um, nursing centers. That's what we did at our dance studio. So uh that was kind of in the back of my mind but when i posted this i had no idea the outcome i just kind of wanted to put it out there and let the universe take care of the details so i put that out there and i got a lot of people and then emma texted me right away she said call me and then we started talking on the phone emma and i did not know each other like on that kind of level just yet like she was in my program but i knew her from a friend of mine as like her roommate. Emma was not one of my like dear friends before this. Um, And she became one of my dear friends of course now. Um, But we had talked about a lot of different things. We just kept bouncing off of each other with ideas. We were going with it and it was happening and it was soaring and it was moving in the right direction. And that's when you know things are right. When things are just coming to you and you guys are just like blurting out a billion ideas because you're so excited. And so, Emma, I'll let you kind of continue on this, but once we started talking about that, we started shooting out um, different people who could help us on our journey. Stage managers, music directors, choreographers, directors, cast members, artists, musicians. Like we started to name videographers, uh, photographers, everything, we're like, oh my God, we have all of these people, and I know that they would love to be a part of this in a safe way because they're missing what brings them joy, right? They're missing that. And they would love to have a little normalcy in this pandemic. So Emma, I'll let you take over how that kind of all curated into a show, but
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, patience was the thing I, I, I will give as like advice, I guess. Um, like having that go-getter attitude that Hannah and I had, I was absolutely terrified the first meeting we had, where we had like six actors on a Zoom, and it's just scary because you're like, what if I throw this out there that Hannah and I are so jazzed about? We're so excited, we love it, we think it's it's brilliant. And what if I had that that fear of imposter syndrome, of rejection, of what if other people don't see what we see? Yeah. What if you know? And so I think a, a huge part for me and i had a lot of help from hannah in this because she just doesn't believe in any of that she's like nope it doesn't matter if someone doesn't if someone doesn't like it then they move on and it doesn't it doesn't derail anything it doesn't change anything to what you're doing if you're doing it for the right reasons and you know what you're doing and why you're doing it then anyone else's opinions or lack of interest doesn't matter so that for me was i would say this this scariest part of, of starting this was, was getting past my own, um, insecurity of being judged and, you know, what if I fail? So that was Mm -hmm. very difficult for me when we started. And then what ended up happening and I kept being shocked and I'm still shocked to this day that it's, people are so willing to give Mm -hmm. and, I still have this fear when I ask someone, would you mind, would you wanna be part of this? Would you wanna sing in our concert for World Autism Awareness Day? Like I always, I still have this little tinge of, well, I hope, I hope they, they say yes and I hope they, they like this idea. And it always shocks me that people, like 99% of the time people say yes. And if they say no, it's because, well, I'm out of town. I'm actually doing this that weekend. I have a conflict. It's never, I don't believe in what you're doing. And I don't like what you're doing. And so that for me was, was one of the bigger challenges. Um, and then I guess, you know, it took some time for us to get to our first performance and learning that patience, that everything will come together. Another big thing that Hannah taught me. <laughs> I don't know if Hannah wants to speak on this. No, no, no,
2: That's, I wanna talk about one thing that we can, and then we can um, rewind back to that thought. But, um, I wanna to say too, the first performance that we had, seeing everybody in a room together and how happy Bringing you Broadway made them feel was the best part of my whole entire uh, pandemic mm-hmm. to this day. Because we, these, some of these, some of these actors um, just booked, like Emma, a Broadway show and it didn't even get to appear on Broadway. Or some people were making their Broadway debut and they were, the next day was their Broadway debut and it closed. So all of these people had so much weight on them from not being able to live out their dreams and like things that they've worked so hard towards. And so just giving them that little taste of Broadway again, of theater, live theater in in any way that we could was, just so beautiful and, and and it meant so much to them and ultimately made us feel like a huge gift to them mm-hmm. and and it all started with this random idea that we both kind of put together i mean that's when i say like things just work out when they're meant to be and there's always going to ha- there's always going to be something that gets in the way but if you see the bigger picture mm-hmm aside from all the things that could go wrong, just really, if you really see the big picture and you lean towards that with your heart, and that's what Emma and I did. And for all the listeners who are, who are listening to this, like if you, if you really move forward with your heart at the front of the wheel, like you cannot go wrong because everything you're doing is just from the inside and money won't get in the way. And people talking about you won't get in the way because you know what you're doing it for. And everybody everybody's heart on that stage in open jar, their heart was full and I could feel it. And the energy was so it was just vibrant, it was radiant, it was just beautiful. So all in all, if you have an idea for everyone who's listening, go forward with it even though you have no idea how you're going to get there. Let the universe take care of the details because if it is right, you will get there. End of story. You will get there. Um, and, and Emma, you were talking about, you said patience, right? Or what were, what was the last thought?
1: Patience. Um, you know what, you know what I think Emma
2: and I, I think I can speak on the, uh, I think I can speak for both of us on this one, that being a leader of something, you are in charge of a lot of different departments and you have to wait on a lot of people. And I don't think I realized that until I uh, was a co-founder of a nonprofit that when I asked some when I ask somebody if they're available, I have to wait a day, a week, two weeks to get back from them. I have to bombard them in a very friendly kind way. But I didn't realize that you have to have a lot of patience, that not everything happens like this. Sometimes it takes work sometimes it takes time and that's something that we've had to work through and navigate um through this pandemic that patience and especially when you know the world got scary when the world was a little bit scary and things were kind of falling backwards we had to take a moment and scale down our past we that's had to, what i was about to touch on yeah, Anna. is, the is that guidelines we had to really make sure those were intact yeah. you know,
1: Emma. When the COVID, when the COVID numbers started, so in our first performance, um, we were following all the CDC guidelines, everything we did, we were actually way below the, the COVID capacity for people in a room. I think, I think that this studio is massive. I mean, it's like a Broadway theater large. It's so big. Yeah. And the CDC had said you could have 60 people in that room, you know, having each other in a safe distance, we had 21, I think, including the crew, nice. um, at total at one point. And this was right before the sort of, um, this was very beginning of November. So right before COVID rates started to go up again and things started to get really scary. And so moving forward to our December performance, we were like, we have to kind of pivot within our pivot yeah. and let's make this a very intimate, um, we're gonna bring the cast down to six, including Hannah and I. And we had to kind of make casting decisions based on who our pod was, because we wanted to keep the um, interactions, even with our masks and even with our temperature checks and everything that we were following, we still wanted to basically create as, as low risk environment as possible. So that was really big for us. Emma
2: was um, really good on that. I can touch on that because Emma was on it with yeah. all the CDC guidelines. She was on it with how many people are allowed in a room. So we really balanced each other out in that way. I did take it seriously, of course, like anybody would. But Emma was like, well, uh, we can't. Nope, we have to make sure. sure that- yeah. and, and that was good because we had an image, right? And a lot of people were watching us. Yeah. Some people are seeing. Oh, are they going to fail? Are they going to succeed? Where are they going to go with this? How is that going to work? And we need that. We need those two in a partnership. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Definitely. We have a great balance of in your within your partnership. You need someone who I don't like the word pessimistic and optimistic because pessimistic has such a negative connotation to it. But I would say like I lean a little bit more like uh, rational. Like w- what is. What is the worst case scenario that can happen and how can I avoid that from happening? And I love that I have Hannah because if it was just me, I don't know how I would have gotten this off the ground because I would have been drowning in my thoughts of, well, this could happen or this could happen or this person could say this or this, you know. And so it's it's really beautiful when you are building a team. So nonprofits, you need to have a team. And we have a team of like 15, 16 volunteers who have been working with us tirelessly for like seven months on this um and just when you are building your team for your nonprofit, making sure that you have a really good balance of those people who are going to be kind of nitpicky you need that person who's nitpicky about the details and the safety and this and then you also need someone who's going to lift the group up when it feels like you're hitting wall after wall after wall of how are we going to do this how can we achieve this like you definitely need that balance
0: Yeah,
2: and and Emma too. I can say this that because I haven't been in New York uh, as long as Emma has, because I've been on tour and I've been doing regional theaters, and and I've been in New York at some points doing theaters, and but then I left. And so when I came into this, I kind of leaned on Emma to give a lot of um, of the artist and to help really bring the cast together and the musicians, the directors, the music directors, because. I have a lot of people, but I noticed that a lot of those people were not in New York. And Emma has lived in New York and done a lot of theater in New York. And so she had more contacts than I had. And so that kind of saved us in the beginning. So yes, I I had that um, optimistic mindset and, and I had that whole like, yes, let's do it. Let's get this off the ground, let's go. And then I was like, okay, and now Emma, let's bring in some of your contacts. Here's mine. (laughs) I need some more from you like so I think it was like a really good like I said it was a really good balance to start
1: um because yeah it's sometimes you know what now those contacts who were mine are now are now Hannah's and we you know that I I think I love that a lot about um creating Bringing You Broadway is how many um, incredible people have been brought into my life as well and how many people I've reconnected with Mm-hmm. and reestablish these very strong relationships and friendships because when you're working together and you're you're not doing it for the the paycheck mm-hmm. if there's something so special and so different about the people who have stepped up and stepped in for us because we're serving something greater than ourselves mm-hmm. and we're taking it's so easy in this industry to be narcissistic everything is for ourselves so it's really been interesting to see who really shows up when this isn't serving you? This isn't bringing you a paycheck. This is something that you are donating your time to change the lives of these children who, especially during the pandemic, were hit in a very different way than like neurotypical individuals. They, they need socialization. The, I mean, the autism community during this time, the programming that they that they need that is helping them with their developmental, you know, abilities was completely taken away from them. So being able to provide a community for them albeit virtually over Zoom was so impactful for them and the amount of feedback we've gotten from these organizations we've worked for and them asking for us to do another show and saying they were talking about the performance for like 3 weeks after and you know we can't all be in the same room together but being able to see you guys interacting with us over the camera asking us questions asking us to participate in the dances and we're doing dance moves with like this guy who's in hamilton on broadway like yeah they live in like alabama they're like in what in what world would i have that intimate of an experience even if we got to go see a broadway show you wouldn't have that experience with that cast member so i think it's just really shown the best, it's brought out the best in people. Our company has brought out the absolute best of our community and I think it's brought out the best in me. It's made me a better person. It's, it's made me really question my purpose on this earth and, and who I'm doing what for and what really fulfills me and brings me joy. And there's a difference of the fulfillment I, th- I get when I'm on stage and the fulfillment I get running this company. Yeah, I'm not going to say one is like greater than the other, but it's just so vastly different. Yeah. And it's a, and it's a feeling that watching back and seeing those kids reactions to our shows, I'm like, I've never felt that ever before.
0: And speaking of like, so. all, of our, even business owner, well, first of all, I love every single thing you guys have shared so far. And I know that <laughs> our listeners, it's going to be no, so impactful. Okay. the way that it has ebbed and flowed between the two of you. I can just see the partnership and the balance that you guys have. And all of this <laughs> are so, so valuable for nonprofits, but also for just our entrepreneurs that are listening because all of this applies to at the end of the day. And this is what like I work with leaders on. It's just, and we call it identity-based strategy, but it's really focusing on who you serve first. And when you really serve them well, then everything else flows from that. And you guys are doing that. So it's just, you're delighting people, like you're delighting people, you're connecting people. And you're even recognizing the fulfillment that that has and the impact on your personal lives. And it's just so cool that you guys are creating that space for others, not only for the children that are watching it, but also for the team that you have, like you're creating that experience for them. And then you're seeing and shaping and transforming like them alongside of you guys. So it's just so, so neat. And I know that um, people are probably, they've probably looked it up by now, but can you tell us, formally, what Bringing You Broadway does? <laughs> I'm sure they'd love to hear.
2: So, Bringing You Broadway develops live interactive performances to enrich the lives of children with autism and other special needs. So, our vision is that we strive to take our passion for theater and bring it to these truly exceptional children. Many of whom may have little to no opportunity to attend live shows. Bringing You Broadway gives our audiences the opportunity to connect with Broadway artists and experience live theater in a safe, non judgmental environment.
0: Love it. That is so <laughs> awesome. Okay, so tell me some of the shows that you guys have done over this past year. Like, how often have you done shows? What does it look like as you move forward? So they, they've all evolved. <laughs> um,
2: so we're, we're finding the pace with it, uh, but it does depend on the state of the world, let's be yeah. honest, because yeah. it depends on how many people we can have in a space, uh, what that looks like for us. So um, we do uh, normally one outreach performance every month. So our plan moving forward as we've constantly, like I said, evolved and we're ever so changing with our company is that. Right now, we want to have one outreach performance a month and one benefit concert that we will do to raise those funds to help us continue to bring these shows to exceptional children across America. So for us, we are um, working with different organizations every single month. So we have a new um, organization that we partner up with, and we really curate our show um, with their their kids and their um community in the in the back front. So we want to make sure that everything's interactive for them and they feel included and accepted and safe and welcomed. So if some of the kids are in wheelchairs we want we have in our warm-up people doing different options. So we'll have some people doing a um a version of the warm-up that is simplified so that they are able to join along. Um, so every show is really catered to their needs. And I know that it really makes it special and personal for those organizations. Um, I and mean, do you have
1: anything else? And, uh, yes, so our, our vision for the year as, you know, most of our company is vaccinated at this point because New York has been really great about getting those vaccinations out, having them accessible to us. So that's just um, very, inspiring and and giving us a lot of hope right now for the future and our hopefully next step is going to be we're called bringing you broadway from a distance because we were created in the pandemic and obviously we are we are functioning over zoom um, to all of these different kids kind of the bigger picture goal of bringing you broadway is as as you know kids get to go back to schools and as we are we were all safe and we were able to be back in the same space as other people, we would like to bring Broadway up close, which is going to be a, you know, we'll still offer our virtual outreach program for, you know, schools across the country who we can't get to physically, but we are going to start bringing Broadway to, Brooklyn Autism Center and there's a school out in Long Island that we've been speaking to about being able to bring, you know, a small cast, be able to do an assembly outside in the open air, you know, still having whatever protective measures we need to have, but being able to do this and actually see the kids in, in real life. Um, so like that's, that's our like dream. Um, and that's what we see moving forward. and. So we're hoping, I mean, I would love to do that in the fall, but this is all kind of dependent on, on how it's going in New York and how safe we feel. And, you know, with theaters starting to open back up, hopefully, yeah, I was November, it's, it's gonna be a largely dependent on Broadway. And if Broadway is reopening, I think, and with schools being able to be back in session, um, we'll obviously have to work with each individual school. On, on what their protocol is going to be, but that is that is the vision of Bringing You Broadway. That's how we are going to, we're not gonna burn out because we're not just a pandemic nonprofit. We are We are a lifelong nonprofit. There will always be children on the spectrum. There will always be children with developmental or sensory issues who can't sit in a Broadway theater. Yeah. Even when Broadway reopens, these kids, and and I shouldn't say that as a general statement, obviously there are absolutely children who can can make it to the Broadway theater, but there is a large percentage that 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 is just not accessible for them. Theater just is not in its nature accessible. Um, And so I think our program is extremely important. It will continue to serve these children and we just hope that we can expand and keep growing. And we're just, I'm so hopeful.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also want to share too, like um, that there have been some blocks and there have been some ups and downs, so if Ooh. let's be transparent with the listeners too that not all of this is peaches and cream and everything's amazing and and we got it and we're good, and everybody's available. we've had a lot of trial and errors and it shaped us to where we are today. It's made us very strong as a company, as a community. Um, but you have to you have to have like thick skin going into this because a lot of stuff does come into the picture that you are not prepared for. And so you can't take anything personally. and you have to figure out a way to continue with your company. Um, with the same intentions you had from the beginning because a lot of times you can shift and certain people can shift you, shift your perspective. Um, The world can, people around you or things that you hear could really trigger you in some way. And so leaning towards the reason you started this, your first intention, because that's the truth. Why did you start this? The first thing that you said is the truth and you have to lean in with that truth or else you are going to get buried with people's limited beliefs and lots of things that come into the works.
1: Yes, my advice for anyone going into this um, is also check in with yourself, make sure that you have enough time. I'm definitely one of those people who takes on more than maybe I can necessarily have the time to oversee. And so being, I, I mean, I love that this has, I've learned so much and it's made me a lot more um, cognizant of, of my time and my emotional bandwidth and my ability to practically um, be able to oversee everything because that's a big part of when you take on the, the position of being a founder, being like a CEO or, or whatever you are, that is, it doesn't matter who makes a mistake. It is still your responsibility because it is your company. So I think that is, to me, the biggest hurdle I've had to face is that even when there's miscommunication and the game of telephone, you know, goes down the line and then somebody put something up on a website or something else, if you, as as the person who is the face of the company, anything that goes on with your company's name, you are responsible for. And you have to take that responsibility, which is hard sometimes. It's hard to be like, oh gosh, I really should have double-checked that. I should have, that, that everything comes back to being on you. So you just have to be prepared that, you have to look at everything with such precision and kind of like have like, I don't know, I'm like thinking of like a hawk. Like you have to, everything has to be double checked. The yeah. words that you use, the vocabulary on your website, on your Instagram, on the, the poster that comes out that's about your next concert, doing the research. The research never ends. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew a lot about the community that I was serving and I still have to go on and read. I mean, every week there is different terminology that's being used. I'm learning something new all the time. Hmm. And, you know, I'm working personally with a child with autism and I'm learning from her and I'm learning from what her school is, is saying and that, you know, it's Autism Awareness Month in April. And her school is now saying, "Well, maybe instead of awareness, let's change it to Autism Acceptance Month." So there's just so much; it never ends. The learning never ends, and you cannot ever get comfortable and complacent and sit back and write it out because it will ever be evolving. Yeah. Because the, the work evolving.
2: Yeah. The work, and and speaking on that too, Emma, great points. And the world never, the research never ends in any area of your life. Yeah. You have to constantly keep working. In yeah. my program I do called Jewel Focus, I watch three different spiritual gurus every day because the shifts that are happening in the world, I want to be a part of that. I want to figure out why I'm feeling this certain way about this person or why I'm feeling this way about myself. And it, there's so much work to be done. And the research in, in our community as well, never ends. And it shouldn't be overwhelming. It should be exciting. Yeah, so much to learn. Yeah. There's so yes. much to learn in life in general. And I want to say one more thing, because I thought of this as Emma was talking. Um, we've had some bumps in our road, like I mentioned, and there was a point in time where all three, all three of us, we have another partner too, who helps us with a lot of stuff. Um, her name is and she is, um, she's, she helps us stage manage and direct some shows, um, and there was a point in time where we all were not on the same wa- same wavelength. We were not aligned at all, and we were, a lot of us were realizing that we couldn't give 150% into bringing you Broadway, and so it was kind of falling a little bit, and so what we came to realize is that we need to scale back some things. We need to take the load off because we can't have too many things and nothing and everything is being lost and you can't oversee yes. anything and everything's out of your reach. And you're like, Oh, where's, I don't know what anything is anymore. So to do it in a professional organized way, you need to figure out what you have the capacity to take over. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have that capacity no matter what happens to the company, you have to scale back and have those like tough conversations to move forward in an organized way because it will jeopardize your company and, and your connections and your repu- reputation. That's something that's important to us. I want to have a really solid reputation, and I know Emma does as well, with our community that we like are treating our actors with respect, and we are doing this in a professional way. And things are going in the right direction, and so that's something to think about. Really, like have those conversations with yourself and with your partners and your community of what you're able to take on. Because don't don't put too much on your plate. It's not worth it. It will get disorganized and fall. It will just.
1: And fall. you wanna always. I love what Hannah said. You always wanna remember why we had when we had this conversation we were like wow we feel all over the place we're being spread too thin and we had to sit down and go well why did we start this
0: mm-hmm. yeah. what
1: are we doing this for who yeah. are we doing this for yeah. why are we doing this because we were losing why we were doing this because we were so caught up in the in the like the legal stuff finding a lawyer um hiring a team to help us with s- corporate sponsorships And we were so, I was so entangled with how are we going to make all this money? I want to be able to pay my employees a salary. Like I need to somehow raise a hundred thousand dollars in the span of a month. And it, and it, and it made me feel defeated. And it had, we had to come to a point where we went, okay, we are three women who are all working. One of us is a full-time mom with two children with special needs. So we were like, we can't put... We can't spend every hour of every day working on fundraising, working on all the things that it takes to run this company. And we're not saying that we're not going to get there ever, but we're saying we were, we were going full steam ahead. And that was our goal. And there simply weren't enough hours in the day yeah. because it is a huge commitment. And so we just, we made the decision that we want bringing you Broadway to continue where it's at, which is that we have amazing, you know, people donating their time and their talent and, who are just, who are as enthusiastic about this as Han and I? I mean, Han and I don't expect, don't intend to ever see a dime of this. That's not why we started this. This was, you don't go into nonprofits really to like make money. Right. You're doing it for altruistic purposes, right? right? So, kind of, you know, and we had accepted that. We, we, we were going to be the last people paid if there ever was money to make. And we decided the, the priority here is that we continue to be able to put on these shows. In order to continue putting on these shows, every dollar that we donate, I every mean, that we raise, goes into paying for that performance. So we have recreated- what I
2: mean by that is like, paying for the rehearsal space, because yeah. yeah. that's what that means. Paying for the rehearsal space, paying like for-
1: Music. Yeah, it's amazing. everything um, that comes into it. And just kind of, you know, restructuring, going, We, that is our priority. We can't take two months off of producing these, um, these performances for these kids in order to pay off this, this lawyer or this company to be able to raise, you know, X amount of money that we don't even know if we can get, it would mean putting our, our mission and our purpose and our goal aside for this, this, you know, very time consuming, very finance consuming, um, Projects, So you kind of have to make those decisions and it took us a long time to really figure out um, where we stood on that. Mm-hmm. And so my advice is if you're starting a nonprofit, start doing the research now, figure out if you want to be someone, you know, the first year of a nonprofit there, there's, you're going to be in the red. So understanding that and being okay with that and deciding where you want to put your energy and your money into and where your priorities lie there. What your what your vision is for your company and what you're creating. And once you understand those priorities, I mean, we're in such a great place now that we've, you know, we all felt so much better after that conversation. Like we don't want to be a conglomerate. We don't want to be a corporation. Like we want to serve these kids and we want to do whatever we need to do, however we need to fundraise in order to continue this program. We can't exactly. take away this program because then what are we doing here? Yeah, What are we doing here?
0: So reignite. yeah, that's, that's my
1: last like little piece of advice for the listeners.
0: So good. So good. Ladies, <laughs> so much for sharing. I love this episode. I can't wait to listen back because there's so much so, here.
2: Emma and I are so excited about what we created. And so <laughs> we... I,
0: can tell. I don't it even think... It just goes so over. dying
2: good. Because I don't even think that you got... You you were able to even ask a question, but I think we answered the question. Oh,
0: it's great. Honestly, I didn't have to. This was the easiest podcast episode ever on my part. So thanks for making my job so easy. You guys what just you everything. It just flowed naturally. I have to <laughs> I'm
1: so embarrassed. We always do this. We you should talk. not be
0: embarrassed. It was great. It was Yeah, so we tend to
1: do this. We're
2: like they barely get to talk. So it's like uh, You know what?
0: That's okay. It was great. Thank you guys so much. I'm so excited to share this with everybody. I know that our listeners are going to absolutely love it. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Lauren.